And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Allocation Disorder. I am Sam Stasekel, joined as always by my all-star friend and colleague, Paul Tenorio. Paul, what's going on, man? Hey now, I'm an all-star. <laughs> nice one. Thank you. <laughs> I, I wish I had a Smash Mouth pun I could make right now, but I don't. Um, I'm falling short. I guess I'm not an all-star, but That's there's okay. always next year. Um, there is not always next year for MLS versus League MX. We'll get into that in a second. MLS, the all-stars, they took out the League MX all-stars. In Minnesota on Wednesday night, winning 2-1, to one, Carlos Vela and Raul Ruiz Diaz with the goals. Both guys with experience in Liga MX, although I guess Vela never did play a first-team game there, now that I say that out loud. Um, but came out of Chivas' academy before he moved to Arsenal way way back in the day. Um, Ruiz Diaz obviously coming from there to Seattle a few years ago and then, and then beating their old foes or their old friends um, in the All-Star game. In Minnesota, Paul, Commissioner Don Garber, he said during the broadcast on ESPN, which sadly I've, I was not able to watch, believe it or not, <laughs> my cable and internet really struggling yeah, here well, this week. It's been a bit of, dis- of a disaster. Thank you, Optimum. Really appreciate that. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the show, but I did it anyway. So sorry. I guess they're not a sponsor. Um, he said on the broadcast that the League's Cup will be the competition between MLS and Liga MX next year, so the All-Star Game will presumably feature a different opponent, meaning we'll have an end to this experiment. A fun one, I think, after a couple of seasons. Uh, Paul, what do you make of that news? We're going to talk about League's Cup on the show and kind of dream up potential format for it, but what do you make of that news, and, and who do you want to see in the All-Star Game in 2023? Well, I think, um, you know, I will credit MLS in that I think they have the most competitive and interesting all-star game of any of the professional leagues um you know the nba all-star game is entertaining i should say that i but like when it comes to like actual competitiveness i put mls there at the top you know even the the games against the european opponents in the the last well, you're few not, years of you're that you're not corner, a pro bowl guy i i was a pro bowl guy <laughs> when i was like 10 i was a big pro bowl guy when i was like 10 um shout out to sean taylor laying out a punter in the pro bowl that was the most competitive moment that's existed in, in pro bowl <laughs> history uh brian mormon i think was the punter um but wow deep cuts here <laughs> yeah really um no i i i do appreciate what it you know like last night like my favorite part of the game was when the liga emeki's players surrounded the referee to argue about the penalty kick like they, they were taking the game very seriously <laughs> and i appreciate that and i think yeah. it's, it's been good for for mls it's been um, it's made the game interesting and um, fun to watch. You you like to see that competition. And I think it is. it has been a perfect setup for the League's Cup because I think, Sam, you and I talked last week about kind of some of these midseason games and, you know, 
kind of lacking motivation to turn the games on and watch what the offerings are. And, um, you know, I haven't felt that way about the CONCACAF Champions League games. Uh, I haven't felt that way about some of these Campeones Cups games just because it feel the stakes feel a little bit higher. And I think, um, you know, having an all-star game that's competitive between these two leagues has has set the stage for what League's Cup can be. Um, So I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss the format. For next year, I don't know. Like I, I was joking with you before the show. Like maybe it's maybe that you get Leeds United. You you play a couple of Americans and Jesse Marsh. Maybe maybe <laughs> the, it's the, the USMNT. The New York Red Bulls. On, on their 2015 post. New York Red Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's the U.S. Men's National Team on like a post 2020. They're not gonna have any competitive wow. games for like four years. They should just play in the All Star. Yeah. Game, you know, perpetually play in the All Star game. Why not? I'm sure yeah. their individual clubs would love that. Yeah, just, just gathering for places, outside of international breaks for just, <laughs> to, to play the MLS All Stars. That sounds feasible. Yeah, it's 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 we're dreaming big here, Sam. We're we're dreaming. Well, big. I'm dreaming like an All Star. Okay, maybe maybe if Greg Berhalter leaves the USMNT following the World Cup, which you know I think is fair to say is a distinct possibility, maybe they just play whatever team he ends up coaching. There there are a lot of options out there. You know, there are Leeds a lot is of- a good shout though. I like that. Um, but I don't know. I also kind of like the idea of going out and facing another big club again. Those were always fun. I think those always drew a significant amount of attention for MLS in, in kind of a, f- a cool, captivating way. Um, some of those crowds were pretty awesome. I think back Soldier Fields, you know, Real Madrid, I think that was in 2017, sold out. Atlanta against Juventus in 2018, I think that was a sellout. Manchester United, it felt like came five years in a row for that match. I think they sold out the the NFL stadium in Houston and and Red Bull Arena. I remember the the Chelsea Chelsea came a few times. I think, you know, the famous moment when when John Terry is mic'd up and telling Wanda how how amazing his movement is. Um, one of those indelible All Star moments. So maybe we'll get a return to some of that next year, which I wouldn't mind. I, I think we should all be rooting for. The I guess the game's going to be in DC next year, and and it's the home team that coaches. I was I was saying I hope you could have Caleb Porter coach the MLS All Stars, and they play against Manchester City, and we get Caleb against. Pep Dude, Wayne again. Rooney coaching the MLS All Stars. Oh. <laughs> well, then it's got to be like Everton or Manchester United, right? I mean, it's you got to go for United. I think I think you got to. That would be really fun. Like legitimately, that would be pretty cool. Um, I remember Paul, you were at this game too in 2019 in Orlando. Wayne Rooney playing in that all-star game. I don't even remember who they were playing against. Who were they playing against? I have no clue. I, I, I can't even remember. The only all-star memories I have are the media games, it, it really. Um, I, was, I was telling stories to uh, a friend last <laughs> night about this, just like almost suffering a broken leg in a media game Wait, a month hold on. before my wedding. Let's, let's, let's spend some time here because we don't have a ton <laughs> planned for the show today. So yeah. let, let's, I've, I've never played in, in an All-Star or an MLS Cup media game for that matter. I brought stuff to MLS Cup one year, but I don't know. I had too much of a good time the night before, so I didn't make it out, I think is what happened. But yeah, let's, typically... let's hear about your near broken leg. Well, I, I had a lot of fun playing in the 2015 All-Star Media game in Portland. We were down on the field in Providence Park, and they had like ah, goals at the half benefits, field. The benefits of a turf field right there. Yeah, and it was like 9v9 <laughs> with full goals, and you know it was fun. Okay. It was good times. And then in Colorado the following year, I was like, oh, I have to play. That was so much fun in Portland. And we showed up, and it was like on the practice fields, and it was like 5, 4v4 with like mini nets and like 10 games going on at once. It was a much different experience. That's not and as fun. 
I was getting married like a month after that game. And I, when I left, um, you know, my, my wife saw me putting my, my cleats in my bag and she was like, Paul, I swear if you come home with an injury and you have to have like a boot on our wedding day, I'm going to be so angry with you. <laughs> and I was like, it's a media game. I play at like 30% speed, you know, like there's no someone, chance. Someone else happens. apparently was not at 30%. Yeah. And, and, uh, actually who like, was it? Name names. I don't know who it was. It was a random person that I've never seen before or since, but I, Dart McCarty, Dax's dad was there. Uh, who I was in my like Winter Park Coffee Club. So when I told him I was playing, Paul he was used like, to get Paul used to go hang out with Dax McCarty's dad and Graham Zuzzi's dad. Shout out yeah. to Dave Zuzzi. Um, <laughs> and so Dart came to watch me so that he could make fun of me. And literally the opening kickoff of my <laughs> he first came to watch so he could make fun. That's one hundred percent what happened. And and the opening kickoff happens and the ball gets like immediately. Like essentially, there's no better word to use than this. It booted straight up into the air. And I kind of was like watching it come down. I'm like, okay, I bring it down with the outside of my foot and like turn to take a step and plant my leg. And somebody comes in swinging at the ball as hard as they possibly can and <laughs> completely missed the ball and connected with the middle of my shin as I planted into the ground. And when I went down, I thought to myself, that. I thought it broke my leg. I thought it broke my leg. I was like, oh my God. I cannot believe that this game has been going on for 30 seconds and my leg just got snapped by somebody who whiffed completely on, on a ball. That is, um, that's poor media game etiquette. And, really poor. Uh, that was the end of my media game for that day and since. I have not played in a media game so, since. So, what, what'd you do to the guy? Did you, did you punch him in the face or what? No, I, I rolled around like Neymar style for like a minute and then, uh, limped off the field and told told dart let's go get coffee somewhere (laughs) you you gave your jersey to a friendly journalist who who held it up in front of the crowd at halftime just just in tribute to to their fallen comrade later you know he scored a goal in the all-star game and took off you know ran and held my jersey up like he had for molino it was very similar (laughs) yeah and like his buddies did for neymar in brazil in, in 2014 before they lost by a million goals to Germany. Well, that is a hell of a media game story. Much better so than So that's all I remember ones. from All-Star games. I never remember the game itself. I, I I really don't really remember the bars the night before the games, which is like the the, the reason we wow. all go. But the, yeah. the media game injuries, that's not the those, reason we go. those stay with you. Actually, I do have a story. It's not quite a media game, but this was in 2018 in Atlanta. Um this, there's another weird story from this trip involving the two of us, actually. And I was working for MLS Soccer at the time. And the Extra Time guys, Goss and Weeby and, and Bobby Warshaw at the time, had set up like a pickup night at the MARTA station, the train station yes. down there. They have, they have like this cool um, little street field. And so I'm out there, I'm playing, and there's a 50-50 ball right near midfield. And it's me and Andrew Weeby coming together and I'm going in full speed. And, but Weeby, you know, he had an edge on me. He got there first and he just lines one up and he kicks it as hard as he could. And it hits me right where you don't want to be hit. (laughs) Uh, You know what? Shout out. I can't believe that you went with uh, right where you don't want to be hit, considering the history of that type of. Oh, ball of major yeah, that's soccer. true. Considering shout out to Chris Whittingham. Levitard, yeah, I, I shout just... out to Chris Whittingham. It hit me right in the penis. <laughs> 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 um, the story doesn't end there, though, Paul. Um, it actually bounced off of me, caromed to a teammate, 
who had a breakaway and scored. There you go. So I got an assist. Um, but yeah, that was one of the worst moments of pain I've ever experienced in my life. I do want to say before we move on to topics that people actually care about on this podcast that that this <laughs> I don't know. This, Does anyone care about anything ever? <laughs> this, this pretty much this pretty much explains for anyone who was at the scuffed games why I never moved at faster than 30% in that game. I had a bad experience. In, in, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I had a bad experience. I was still out there running around like an idiot. Yeah, but that's true. I, I guess that's sort of my vibe. Um, so anyway, yeah, brand. It, it is. Um, we'll see what happens with the All-Star game. It has been a fun little thing against Liga MX East. Maybe they'll go to an East-West format. I think that would be a big mistake, yeah, personally. I hope that that's not the, the route um, they take. But we'll, we'll see what happens with that in D.C. next year. Um, Wayne Rooney closing that loop in Orlando against whatever team they played against. Was that Letico, maybe? I can't remember. Yeah, um, regardless, Wayne Rooney looked like he had had a few drinks the night before that game <laughs> from how he was playing out there. Um, so so he'll be the coach, presumably, for next, next season's matchup. But Paul, kind of getting back around, League's Cup is the next thing, really, between MLS and Liga Amakis exclusively. Obviously, there will be Champions League next year as well, which will pit those two leagues against each other in some way, shape, or form, I'm sure. Um, but League's Cup is the next big thing, and we don't know what it's going to look like yet. Still, we are probably at this point less than a year out. It should be starting in just about a year. Both leagues will take a month off from their seasons. I don't know. Maybe Mexico will just delay the start of their season because their season starts kind of around this time of year. Um, so it wouldn't make a ton of sense to begin and then stop three weeks in or whatever. But they'll be taking a month off and they'll be doing a 48-team competition against each other. We don't know exactly what the format is going to be. We don't know who all of the teams are going to be. There will be 29 from MLS with the addition of St. Louis next year. There will be 18 from Mexico. And then there will be a mystery box, 48th team. So we, we got to figure that out still. Um, got to figure out how many, if we're doing 16 groups of three or 12 groups of four, how big the knockout round is, what the prizes are, all of that stuff. There will be Champions League berths on the line. There will be some cash on the line as well. Um, it's going to be a, it's an unprecedented first of its kind type of thing. And there are a lot of things that are still unknown. So we're going to try and dream it up. What should it look like? What should the priorities be? And I guess let's start there, Paul. What should the priorities be for this competition from the MLS perspective? Well, first of all, I want to say that it's crazy that we don't know the format yet. I feel like now is the time and the All-Star game would have been a good opportunity to start to promote what League's Cup is going to be. And, and these showcases have, have done been. really well, selling out at SoFi. Um, you know, yeah. a real opportunity How, to talk about what this competition is. Huge, could be. huge crowd at SoFi for the, the LA teams against Chivas and America, respectively. Yeah, and, and it's it's exciting at what these games can be. So I'm I'm a I'm a little bit miffed that we don't know yet what the format's gonna look like. But I think the priority needs to be to get to as many high stakes knockout games as possible. So whatever format you choose, I think you have to get to a round of thirty two. I think skipping it and going to a round of sixteen would be a mistake just because it gives you more opportunities for knockout games. And th those are dramatic and fun. And I think um, will encourage bigger crowds, will encourage better TV audiences. So, you know, if you're going to do it, I, if you do 16 groups of three and have the top two teams advance to a round of 32, if you do 
uh, 12 groups of four and have the top two teams and then the best four third place teams. I think you have to get best, to around best eight, best eight third place. Teams. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We're Thank not you. good at math. Yeah, but you know. um, I think you have to find a way to get to that round of 32 um, and and play up as many of the knockout games as you can and, and hope that um, the way that you work this, that you want as many Liga MX versus MLS knockout games as possible. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think MLS will try and do whatever it can to sort of tip the scales a little bit in its favor because on balance, at least at the top, teams in MLS aren't spending as much on players as teams in Mexico are. And that naturally gives the Mexican teams a little bit of an advantage. Um, so I think if you get to, you know, if you do three, if you do groups of three, 16 of them, well, naturally you're pretty much going to have two MLS teams in one Mexican team in each of those groups. So you're guaranteed at least one MLS team going through in, in any group with a two, one split. Maybe you'll have two go through in some of those. So at minimum, you're going to get at least 16 teams and do a 32 team knockout round. At that point, the MLS teams are going to be playing at home throughout this entire competition. The Mexican teams presumably will be on the road for a full month. I mean, I'm assuming that most of them will, will just kind of decamp to the States for the duration of this tournament. I guess it depends a little bit on geography. Maybe maybe Tijuana or Juarez, you know, can go back home relatively easily depending on who they're playing against. But I think MLS will like that format would make sense. I think the 32 team knockout round probably makes sense from a from a stakes standpoint because I think the priorities here have to be on on basically generating eyeballs. This is a made for TV competition. Right? Let's call it what it is. This isn't like some sporting experiment, not really. This is to draw more eyeballs and it's to sell. It's to sell as part of the package that went to Apple and and to sell it for for Liga MX. Well, it's to know, sell as well. I mean, really it's to sell MLS to a, a whole new set of eyeballs, yes. right? Like yes. you're trying to increase who's watching this league, you're trying to sell this league to people who don't typically watch and and say, "Hey, this league has quality as well." So you're trying to pull in those fans who are tuning in to League MX in way bigger numbers than they're tuning into Major League Soccer. And if you can do that, if you can start to pull in a percentage of those viewers, then it's a success. And I think, Sam, it's notable when we did the anonymous survey of, of GMs yeah. and executives, all of them said that this was a good idea. Like all of them are on board, even pausing the season in the middle of the season to do this. Like I, I was expecting more people to be against it. But they all felt like it was a necessary move for the league. They all felt like it had the potential to be something really exciting for MLS, um, something that could be really successful. Um, probably partly, I think, something that could prompt the league to make some of the changes that a lot of these GMs think need to be made because it'll force MLS to do so in order to be as competitive as they want to be. But it is notable, and they all pointed to this, they think MLS is going to do pretty well in this tournament because the numbers and the setup for this tournament favor Major League Soccer, like you said. And so, yeah. you know, they, they they believed, the majority of these GMs believed that it would end up being a good advertisement for MLS because their, their numbers are going to be more successful than they are in Champions League simply by default almost by the fact that yeah. there are twice as many mls teams in this competition that <laughs> yeah, they're playing it's not, all these it's games not a one-to-one -one. it's not a one-to-one -one thing here <laughs> yeah so uh, so it, it's it seems like there's real excitement and real belief that this could be i don't want to call it a game changer but that it could be a, a boost 
a boost for MLS and for perhaps a vehicle that that drives change a little bit faster just because now you have a regular measuring stick for these teams and for this league against the the opponent well, that they've, that they've prioritized things, competing Those two with. things are sort of contradictory though, man. Because if think you so. think MLS, if you think MLS teams are going to do well, and you think it can, but like you also are, are saying it's going to be this measuring stick. If the teams are doing well, isn't that a sign well, to I, to owners and to league personnel that hey, we're doing just fine. We don't need to change. Well, anything. I think well, I think there's a lot of room there, right? Like it's like okay, I, I think there's room. Define well, Paul. I think Define it's like well. there's going to be MLS teams, more MLS teams in the knockouts, more MLS teams alive for the titles. But, you know, when you if you get down to the semifinals in the first two or three years and it's four Mexican teams, it's going to be problematic for the league. Or if you get to or the three quarter, and one. Yeah. yeah or or if you get to the quarterfinals two. and it's six and two. Right. Like that's problematic. And 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 maybe this structure is going to be set up, like you said, in a way that tilt the scale as much as possible to make sure that doesn't happen for MLS. I mean, just the sheer number of teams that MLS has yeah. in this competition should help with that. But, you know, I think there is still a belief that that the cream will rise right like to the top like like that the better mexican teams are going to go deeper into this competition and right so you're going to see better results early on right so against those so, so you think so you think that's good though you think that's mls doing well but simultaneously yeah. having it be a problem yeah exactly i'm confused I think you're gonna i'm see confused like, with your I stances think, here. again if you get like 16 17 teams in this in the round of 32 and then you have okay. 10 teams in the round of 16 and then but then by the time you get to the semis there's zero teams or one team then MLS is going to play up the fact that they had the you know all these teams get out of the group and all these teams get to the round of 16 or whatever sure but at the same time they have to acknowledge that you know the better teams the top top teams are still coming from Mexico like I think there is yeah and I think that's what it's at least the ones that I spoke to the GMs I spoke to felt like that was going to be the trend in the first couple years but that yeah. it wouldn't be like that for long because they believed that that the league would kind of look at this as reinforcement of where do we need to change or how do we need to change. Um, that was the belief that it would that the results would be better than expected from MLS teams, but that there would still be the, a gap between the best teams in the region, and that that okay. would prompt adjustments. All right. I think that'll be interesting. I think uh, I think we could see some MLS teams do really well in this competition, though, next year. You know, I think if LAFC keeps kind of the band together a little bit. Yeah, Gareth Toronto. Bale specifically. Well, Toronto, they got a ways to go. Well, like, you know, it's been, what, three games with those guys, two games with those guys? I, I, Let's pump the brakes a touch. I'm not pumping ball. the brakes on Toronto. I'm, I'm shoving all in. I want to see right, Toronto. Well, save, let's, save that, let's save that for later. Let's right, save that for right. later. <laughs> but, you know, I think LAFC can compete with, with anybody in that league um, and, and really go toe-to-toe. Um, so, you know, I think, I think we could see some teams do pretty well. I think New York City FC, depending on how they do in a post-Castellanos universe, could do pretty well in that as well, um, as well as a few other teams. So we'll see how it shakes out. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting. And I'm really curious to see what the crowds look like in this tournament, and even where the games happen. Right? Is this a situation? Are they going to group by geographical pods? Like, are they going to try and, and and minimize travel? Is that going to be a consideration? Is it going to be a true blind random draw? We don't know. Yeah, are I don't they, they going to try to play as many games as possible in Chicago 
Dallas, Houston, and LA and Vegas, you know? I, I would ass- I would assume so. Yeah. Like, are they going to play games in Vegas? There's no MLS team in Vegas. But like, maybe. <laughs> we'll see, right? Like, are they going to, is Montreal going to host a match? Yeah. I don't know. Is Toronto? Or, or are they going to do this kind of World Cup style for everybody and just host in a few cities? These are all TBD questions. Um, I might, honestly, Paul, I might do it where the group stage, at least, you, maybe you move around a little bit. I don't know. Or maybe you base on geography. Maybe you don't do a blind draw. Maybe you just go for matchups. I wouldn't hate that. Like, let's be honest about this. This isn't, this isn't purely a sporting endeavor here, right? So if it's not, then, then why try and make it one? Like, you don't, have, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be pure. This isn't a pure competition to begin with. Yeah, no, but I think... So if you want to rig it for, to be the maximum interesting, I'd actually be okay with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think trying to, to create those matchups, especially in the knockouts between the teams that you want. You know, you, if you're MLS, you want LAFC getting through, right? You want LAFC yeah, in the knockout. Yeah, you want the Galaxy so. getting through. You want the Texas teams getting through. You want the Fire getting through. Well, you want all, the teams that. that you think have a chance to win it advancing, right? Like, you don't want sure. LAFC in a group with, you know, Tigris and Club America in, in the first round. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. But maybe just Tigris and then, you know, like, I don't know. Chicago, not Chicago. DC but, United, you know, you know, whoever. DC United. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 So I, it, it'll be interesting to see. I San think, Jose. I think, I think you're right, Sam, that one of the most interesting parts of this, after watching the crowds at SoFi, is going to be how do they set up the, the live nature of this? What, what stadiums are they playing in? How many games are being played in those stadiums? What do the crowds look like? I mean, I remember being at a Cruz Azul game right after League's Cup was announced when they did those first eight games or whatever around MLS. And, you know, even in, in, not even in, Chicago's a great market for this, but like Cruz Azul is not, um, wasn't at the top of the standings or anything, but they have a huge fan base. And so, you know, at the the game in Bridgeview, there was a huge Cruz Azul crowd for the game. Um, yeah. I, I think this has a chance to be a really fun sporting event that, that shows well on TV and, or on your Apple uh, app. Apple and, TV. Uh, <laughs> and, um I, I do think it can elevate the brand, um, but I, I think also, you know, mentioning Apple there, I think it's really important that MLS figures something out with Univision because I think simulcasting those games on Univision is is critical um, yeah. for actually maximizing what League's Cup can be. Yeah, and we'll see. There have been conflicting reports on that front. The latest was that it was pessimistic that those two sides would be able to reach a deal. Yeah, so it would be a we'll, huge mistake. For we'll MLS. see how it goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, Paul, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this. I want to get into that Toronto take, wherever it was going. Um, and maybe we can, you know, maybe we can close out a little bit of the transfer window stuff too that we didn't get to on last week's show. Stay with us. Allocation disorder. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Allocation Disorder. And Sam, I know I, I, I jumped out on this Toronto FC take early, but I was looking at the Eastern Conference standings the other day, talking with somebody in, in the league. and It's jumbled, huh? It, it's between 5th place and 13th place. There is a separation of 7 points. Columbus has 33 points, uh, albeit in 23 games. Toronto in 13th, pla- 13th place has 26 points in 24 games. So nine teams, there seven points. There are one, two, three, four teams on 30 points. <laughs> so this race is pretty <laughs> insane. Um, and I was trying to get a figure on, like, who do I think is going to kind of really be in it of these nine teams for these three spots? And I kind of went down and I was like, okay, Columbus, yes, they have a goal scorer. They have stars like that, that can yep. make a difference. Like, I think they're going to be in the mix. Cincinnati, as long as Brandon Vasquez keeps scoring, I think they're going to be in the mix. Chicago, I'm not 100% sold on. I, they're much better when everyone's healthy. You have Shakiri now playing well with Mueller on one side, Hyra Torres on the other. If Shabilko and, and Duran, one or the other, can score goals on any night, they can get a result. That We've seen that now. Um, but they're kind of like a maybe for me. Orlando, I think, is, is really struggling. They don't have a goal scorer. I, I think they're going to fall out. Miami... Another one that similar to me to Chicago, if Iguain is scoring and playing the way he's been playing, that they, they can hang around. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then you know New England, I think they've struggled. You know they've struggled to 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 get things clicking in the final third the way they were earlier this year, the way they were last year. Really, um, Charlotte, I, I have no faith in them competing in this. I, I think just to, as I've talked about That's with expansion harsh. teams, I just think the depth eventually zaps these expansion teams late in the season. I think we're seeing that with Char- with Charlotte. They don't have the goal-scoring threat. Atlanta, same thing. I, I, I just feel like the goal-scoring threat right now is not there for them. And then Toronto, I look at Toronto and I think, yeah, man, they have the star power. They have the goal scorers. I think that they can make a run at this thing. So, you know, basically I'm coming down to like Columbus, Cincinnati, Chicago, Miami, Toronto, as the teams I think are going to be That's in it six down. six teams? For yeah. three spots? Yeah, I think those are the teams that are going to be in it down the stretch. Um, okay. We'll see if I'm right. But I, I, I'm I, shoving in. I would like Toronto I mean, I don't, to do well. I don't because, think it's a stretch to say six teams. No, it's of five. It's five. Will Columbus, be, Cincinnati, will Chicago, Miami, Toronto. Five of those nine teams. Those are okay. the five I think will end up in some order at the top of the standings. But really, I, I, I'm rooting for Toronto because I kind of like the story. I kind of like that they... We're terrible, 
Middle of the year, they completely revamped the <laughs> roster. They spent a ton of money. They burned a bunch of money. And it would be hilarious if they if they made the playoffs. So I'm kind of rooting for that to happen. Do you think shades of the 2016 Sounders at TFC? But like that was like two moves for the Sounders. <laughs> this was like nine moves. It's incredible. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely wild. Um, Bill Manning flew over to Naples, went to Mount Vesuvius, and dumped millions of dollars into a <laughs> boiling pit of lava. Yeah. Um, and so far, it's working. Uh, you know, like he got some good players out of that volcano. Uh, Insigne, Bernadeschi, uh, Crescito, uh, Mark Anthony K. Uh, like we will be thinking about, I think, this secondary transfer window from the perspective of TFC for years to come. I mean, Sam, in terms of what they did, good or bad, this podcast for the most part, roots for chaos. And I I think that Toronto is is like the epitome of rooting for chaos right now. Do you have do you have their recent results pulled up? Again, I'm doing this podcast without internet, so I have to I have to rely on Paul for it's, for, it's, a, it's old for school my style, research. Sam, yeah. You're 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 old school here. Okay, I'm pulling up Toronto's uh their run of form. Run of like form the, here. I think the attack is gonna be slamming for the rest of the year, as long as those guys stay healthy. I don't think there's really any question about that. It's just the the question is is can they hold up in the back enough? They don't have to be, get a shutout every game. Well, they, they don't have to. I mean, they, they don't have to Nashville string together clean three, sheets. So they really don't need that yeah, much. They, you know, like they <laughs> can they hold up enough? Like just like two goals a game. Like can they do that? Yeah, um, I mean, they I beat Charlotte four nil. They went to yeah. they lost in penalties to in the Canadian Championship to Vancouver. Uh, right. Not great. Then drew nil nil with uh with New England coming off of that midweek game, and then mm-hmm. beat. Nashville 4-3. So they got Portland this weekend, midweek game against New England. Okay. So then they one. go to Miami, to Charlotte. Okay. And then Galaxy, Montreal. We got some Atlanta. we got some six pointers. I mean, in there's here, a, man. there's a lot a lot of when you go through these Eastern Conference standings, like a lot of these teams Chicago doesn't play another Western Conference team for the rest of the season. Well, yeah, they all play each other because it's the entire conference that we're talking about here. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, actually, the one team that's um, that's kind of interesting, I think th- I, I got to go back and look at when I went through this with, with somebody earlier, is there's one team that's got like four games against Western Conference teams, um, really? four or five games, and, and they're they're kind of the exception to it. Um, hmm. I don't remember. doesn't matter who. Uh, this what? is the other side of the parody argument that I was making last week. This this does get exciting towards the bottom. Whether or not it means anything, well, different question, right? These teams aren't that great. There's a reason they're in 7th or or 5th or 10th or 13th. Um, that it's because they're, they're not contenders, really, for MLS Cup. Maybe that can change for a team like Toronto that rebuild their entire team on the fly in the middle of a season. But that's what uh, I'm but rooting for. The most for. part, because like, yeah, Sam, like we're like we're not rooting for like what's the excitement of like finishing seventh or finishing eighth? It's like that. You know what There's that is? Much. It's it's called the justification of whatever you did that season. Oh, we made the yes. playoffs, right? That's the yeah. The don't, winner of don't that fire me. I'm in right, the playoffs. Gets to say I yeah. made the playoffs, so I'm good. And the loser mm-hmm. gets fired, right? Like that's the stakes. Yeah. But you know what the what what makes Toronto so exciting is that if they do go on this run and make the playoffs. Think about finishing second in the East and your first round matchup is against that Toronto team. Like, yeah, I, I would love like it. That. I love the idea that it's like... All right, so are they going to do it? Are they going to get in? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm betting. I told you, I'm shoving all in on Toronto. All right. Send me, th- send me those... You think sixth? What? No, they're Fifth? getting in at seventh. I don't think they have enough to get into sixth place. Okay. How many points back are there? Remind me. They are... Seven? Four points seven of back of seventh place right now. Four points back of seventh place? And they do they they've played an extra game? 
No. Do I have that right? That Chicago, no. they're Chicago's on 30 points, 24 games played. Toronto's 26 points on 24 games played. So Okay. I, I yeah. It can be done. It can be done, and I think Four it points, will be man. done. It In will MLS, be done. You heard it uh, here. Toronto FC is making the this playoffs. Isn't, this isn't that bold of a prediction. I think you think it's more you know bold what? than it is. You know what? What? It's it's perfectly bold, okay? You know what? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> are you not taking right. them to make the playoffs? Can we, can no, we be no, clear about th- this? No, I think they'll are make it. Are you jumping on this bus with me? I'm, I'm with you. We're riding up to Canada together, man. Let's I don't want to. I don't want to upset Tony Kornheiser, but maybe we're you know the bandwagon. He get he he had the whole bandwagon thing with the the Washington football team back in the day on his radio show, and and didn't like other people using the bandwagon term later on. Yeah. Uh, but Wait, he you know invented what? bandwagon? I'm firing up the Toronto FC bandwagon. So hop he on invent- board. He, does he think he invented that? Is that accurate? I don't I mean, yeah, it was do like you ni- think, it was like nineteen ninety one. I don't I can't. Do you tell think you. Tony Kornheiser listens to allocation disorder? <laughs> you know, I, I hope so. You know what? Maybe. Um <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the uh about the transfer window. Stuff that we did not get to on the live show last week. Um specifically LAFC, adding a third designated player. Denny Buanga from Saint Etienne. I don't know. I don't I, know how my I, French is. I like your French. Probably brutal, but yeah. I tried, you know, so you can't knock that. Um, an embarrassment of riches in attack, I would say. Buanga is capable of playing as a striker, but he's mostly a left winger. He's a guy that can stretch, get in behind, um, likes running at people, uh, really active presser. If you look at the league uh, stats, from last season, uh, he was in the 97th percentile of all attackers in terms of number of pressures attempted. Uh, LAFC head coach Steve Terundolo has has wanted that, wanted, I think, more of that from his attackers. He's said as much about Chicho Arango and wanting more in, in that regard from him. Um, so we'll see how they how they shake out in terms of a in terms of lining this up because now you have Buanga, you have Bale, you have Vela, you have Arango. You have Mahala Poku, and you have Brian Rodriguez, and those guys you have for three spots. Um, you know that that's a huge luxury in terms of being able to rotate, in terms of being able to give Bale and Vela some strategic rest days as as they work down the stretch. Um, but I don't know. I can't. I just have this nagging feeling. If there is something that derails LAFC this year, I think it's going to be getting a little bit too cute up in the attack and trying to tinker. Maybe you play Bale and Vela and Buanga together and it's an interchangeable front three with three guys who can play striker if they need to, but also we're more comfortable on the wing and nobody's really a focal point defined. I, I don't know, Paul. Like, I think that they're going to be fine. I think they're going to end up cruising to the supporter shield as a matter of fact. And I think they'll enter the playoffs as the overwhelming favorites to win MLS cup. Um, but there's just this nagging sense that like maybe this could go wrong, and if it does, it'll yeah, be because I mean, of that. They need to just, I think, ride Arango and his goal scoring for as long as possible. And yeah. if they do that, I think they're going to be fine. But you're right. I mean, you know, eventually they're going to try to even even out some of these minutes for for guys, keep people happy, rotate, and and that's where you know that's that's where Steve Trendolo is going to earn his money. When you when you're an MLS team, you typically don't yep. have this problem of having a, a wealth of. No. of 
yeah, <laughs> it's a that, good problem to have. For the most to be part, clear. you really don't. <laughs> I also want to just side note this and say I think Tajuri Shroudy is going to score a bunch of goals for the New England Revolution, and I think it was a typical Bruce Arena, hmm. like really smart in league pickup at the right time for the right type of player. <laughs> Can we say it's typical after the offseason he had? Yeah, because it's still like how many more good offseasons has Bruce Arena had than bad ones? <laughs> like a significant number of good ones. I'm surprised he didn't try and call Mike <laughs> McGee out of retirement after the offseason he had. Yeah, maybe maybe Mike would have signed for like a sponsorship for, for Sneaky Fox. Um, <laughs> Is he paying well, you? If he wants to bring Sneaky Fox by my house, <laughs> more than welcome. I'm actually not a vodka drinker, so that wouldn't really go. work for me. But um uh, well yeah you are well, now it's free um so yeah i, I don't know I, I i look i agree with you lafc is going to win the supporter shield i think we all can can confidently say that um but it'll be interesting to see but we just don't see this very often where a coach has to make like actually difficult decisions because they have too many good players in mls like it just it's not a typical MLS problem. <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is what really MLS 4.0 or 6.0 or 14.0, whatever point oh we're on. Maybe that's what that's about. Is is coaches having yeah. to make tough decisions MLS, in regards to their lineup because there yeah, are too be many like good MLS players. MLS 36.0, like too many good players. Like we're we're we're, we're at MLS like 4.0 <laughs> now. So, we'll get we'll get there eventually. But it, on a serious note, on a serious note, it will be an interesting test for Chirondolo, who is in his first season managing a first team. You know, he was with Las Vegas Lights last year, but that's that's a development that was a developmental team for LAFC. The, the results weren't the priority there. It's just developed the guys. Um, all accounts, he's done a really nice job. I think the locker room is really behind him and really likes him. Uh, but we'll see. This will be an interesting test and an interesting kind of stress test to see how that locker room holds up in the face of maybe guys not getting as much playing time as they think should, that they should. Should we mention, Paul, anything we should else mention Benteke to, to DC United? Yes, yes. See, all right, you're the DC guy. I mean, guy. they're on 22 points. What's your take? I, What's I, your Benteke? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you know, Pretty in a show that's that. just been completely off the rails, this this one fits. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Not confused. I just don't know what to expect from Benteke and MLS. I don't know how long it's going to take him to get on the field with Visa stuff and all of that. Uh, I really don't know exactly what a Wayne Rooney DC United team is going to look like. But, you know, in theory, Benteke should be a good goal scorer in this league. And when you, you know, and when you in look theory. at his... In theory, Edison Flores should yeah, have been well, a good playmaker. But if you look at Benteke's <laughs> record, like he had 10 goals two years ago, but it was the only season in the, like the last five that he reached double digit goals. So it's like he's capable right. still of of producing at that level but it hasn't been there consistently for a long time. And so it's like, okay, if you're you're playing for kind of like a mid-tier Premier League team, it's going to be harder to get goals in general. Now you're going to a bad MLS team, mm-hmm. but it's in a league that, you know, defending is, is, is well behind the attacking play in general. Um, so I don't know. I don't feel confident making a decision or a prediction one way or the other on how Benteke is going to fit in. But, you know, it, it feels like a very DC United move. It really does, and it's just funny, you know. They they fired Losada. They had a, a playoff yeah. quote unquote roster. They felt that they felt the team was good enough, and, and then they hire Rooney, and and nobody's good enough, and they have to bring in a bunch of new guys and ship out a bunch of others, and so on and so forth. So, I don't know. Uh, I think Benteke certainly has the ability. 
I don't think there's any question to score a good amount of goals in MLS. It's it, you know he's got Taxi Fontas out there who's been a really good signing for them, to be fair. Um, you know, so maybe they can combine in the attack and, and and do some good things. But we'll see. It's very much a work in progress there. And how Ben Teke is going to do, I think, is going to depend a, a good amount on who's around him. And we don't know exactly who's going to be around him in the long term. So, jury's out on DC for me. Um, I want to pivot we'll quickly, Sam, since we're since we're coming out of this All Star break, talking about kind of what things are going to happen down the stretch. And I made my Toronto FC prediction. Looking over in the East, I, I looking at the West now. It's, it's, it's similar. Bunched up, it's bunched, you know, man. from third place through essentially eleventh place. I mean, you've got Vancouver on thirty points in eleventh place, tied with Colorado and the Galaxy, and then all the way up in fourth place is in third place rather is Dallas with thirty six points. So six points separating third place through eleventh place. And when I look at this at these standings, I'm kind of asking myself, like, okay. You know, who are you betting on here? Like, is Seattle getting above that playoff line? Like, we all expect them to, right? And, you know, the Galaxy have mm-hmm. made changes. What's going to happen there? I, I, I wonder, who's the who's the horse you're betting on in this race, third through 11th? Like, who are the teams that you're saying, okay, I'm not even worried about them. Like, 100% they're going to be in. Like, are you in on Portland? Are you in on Seattle? Well, Nashville? I mean, Gary Smith doesn't even seem like he's 100% in on Nashville making the playoffs. <laughs> all about 100%. setting expectations then then you won't disappoint um i'm in on portland and seattle but if i'm betting if i'm betting paul i'm betting on the galaxy to miss yeah again that that's where i'm putting my money i i just think there's a bad i don't know what it is at this point like he should be starting yavelich um he hasn't leaned into that completely yet and i don't know why he being greg vanny We'll see if that changes down the stretch. We'll see what Ricky, Ricky Pooj, I, I mispronounced that name one million <laughs> times on the show last week. So apologies there. We'll see what he can do and how he changes things. Losing Ryan Ravellison is not, you know, that changes how their midfield significantly. That swap in, ter- in terms of kind of the character of it. They brought in Brugman, uh, who's more of a defensive minded guy. Uh, so, you know, maybe you, you make up for some of that there, but you know, they've just, it's just so many problems with them in terms of Cabral and Costa, really, and, and the defending and at certain points oh. as well. So I, I, I don't okay, think it's so going to Okay, so you've got Seattle making it. So who drops out? RSL, Nashville, Minnesota, Dallas all the way up in third place? Did they drop down? No, I don't think Dallas will. I think if I'm going to pick any of those teams, it's probably yeah. going to be RSL. They haven't been playing very well lately. Um, and, you know, I think they punched above their weight. For a good amount of this season, but when you lose your best player from the year before and you don't really replace him, and then you lose your other best player from the last however many years in Demir Krylak to an injury for pretty much this entire season thus far, and then you lose Bobby Wood, your starting striker and best striker, for a good chunk of the season due to injury, at some point that stuff's going to catch up to you. And I think we're seeing that at RSL now. And and who knows? Maybe Krylak and Wood come back in September and, and they give them a boost and push them over the line. Um, maybe they rediscover some home form where they have not been very good, weirdly, this year. Normally up there at Elevation, they're pretty solid. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think it's probably RSL at this point, just given the way things are trending. Of course, I'll say that. This being MLS, they'll whip up, rip off two wins in a row. 
and they'll be in yeah. second place well, or something. Third, for the OGs who yeah. have listened to so. this podcast, they know like the, the never bet MLS segment means whatever we just said. So Sam said bet on LA to miss and RSL to drop out. You bet on the Galaxy now to make it yeah. and RSL to finish in second place, basically. <laughs> and that's that's how it goes. That reminds me. We should go back <laughs> no, and look I at our preseason predictions soon. I had Atlanta winning yeah, the supporter Maybe, shields. We, we need a few more weeks to let, to let things really <laughs> not look good. And then we'll go back and we'll look at our predictions and Atlanta and Joseph Martinez is the golden boot. Oh, man. Yeah, Yikes. Not, not, you know, I, I don't even, I, I don't remember. And I think it's like one of those things where it's my, you know, it's like I'm in like shock, right? Like my body is protecting. Yeah. It's like Selective memory. Myself from yeah. myself here. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll definitely go back into those predictions. Well, just not yet. I need to, I need to steal myself before that. Well, until, until then, I think we can close this strange weirdo edition of the show i had fun hopefully you did too paul protected himself from himself (laughs) um and hopefully you guys didn't need to do too much protecting of yourselves uh in the listening of this podcast i'm sam he is paul this has been allocation disorder we'll be back next week As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.